0: If you are like me, and know that free enterprise is the greatest opportunity in the world. But you also see there are huge issues starting to arise, like why is mentorship decreasing in popularity? Why do entrepreneurs like us who love to succeed see people fail at the top and never leave true significance? And how do people like us make a lasting impact on the world? And is it possible for enough entrepreneurial leaders together to make a real difference? These are the blaring questions, and this podcast is the answer journey with me your host Christian together we will challenge the status quo and conquer our legacies Thank you so much for tuning into Journey with Christian D. Evans podcast. This is Christian D. Evans, your host. And, guys, I'm very excited because I'm on a sailboat right now in the Cape Fear, uh, you know, uh, river outside of North Carolina. And, guys, I just want to share with you that we have someone that's very, very special. Uh, We're going to be talking about a lot of, uh, you know, fatherhood, man, what's going on in today's society. And uh, we just had him on because he's an expert at doing this. Uh, He has actually uh, – he's very passionate for helping people be better by understanding your owner's manual. Okay. One of the most powerful transformation tools he has used is a father's blessing. This is where he stands in the place of a father and blesses them as a son or daughter. Now he has been using this blessing to touch people's hearts and lives of all ages and backgrounds. And we, and they have seen families restored and lives radically changed after people receiving this blessing. And guys, he, he is, he is, um, survived two major depressants in his life. And guys, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to welcome Ray Hurst. Thanks so much, Ray. I really appreciate you joining, man. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing amazing. I'm just good to be here and share this blessing.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, obviously there's a lot to tackle because of course, you know, having, you know, uh, surviving uh, depressions, I know that's really big. A lot of people are taking antidepressants and stuff like that, but I'd love to just dive into your story real quick. And then let's dive into, you know, fatherhood and things like that. But what Where you know what was your story like? How were you overcome those situations, and how are you able to bless others now because you've been uh, you've been in those negative situations?
1: So let me start from my early childhood. I grew up in a conservative Mennonite culture, and you can imagine, uh, sixty years ago, they didn't know what to do with separation and divorce. So the church that I grew up in. Really didn't know how to respond in a really, could you say, an appropriate way? So that left us to really struggle to figure it out on our own. And you know, sadly enough, I, I didn't figure it out until seven years ago when I went through, well, actually six years ago, seven years ago is when I went through my second major depression. I was five minutes away from suicide. Wow. <laughs> and it took me about a year to really what I would say, catch my equilibrium to really get my footing. But once I got my footing, I got desperate. And I just did a lot of study and just trying to understand what this is all about. I said, it cannot be that difficult. So it was really Holy Spirit, Google, and YouTube that gave me an erratic projection to where I I like to scale things from zero to 100. So in 2015, I was like at a 10. I I mean, I was so done. I I really had truly given up hope that anything was ever going to change. So then into 2015, after that I broke through that, uh, I was just trying to figure out where do I belong? How do I fit? What does this do? And all of a sudden, something grabbed a hold and I got traction. And we just went on an accelerated growth track. Getting into, you know, this is last year, hitting like a 95, 98. And I'm like, whoa, oh, what, you know, Holy Spirit, what, what's gonna happen next? And he goes, ah, don't worry about it. You're just gonna break through and it's gonna get hard again. <laughs> so we're at that whole next level, which I uh, won't spend a lot of time on, but it's kind of understanding what I could only classify as quantum spiritual. And that could be a whole nother uh, thing, but It's just been an amazing and amazing journey of realizing it's not that hard it's really not that difficult and that's what i want to unpack a little bit here today is i've been through the depressions i've been through uh, you know 25 years ago i went through a major depression was i lost everything sold my business um had to sell my house Filed bankruptcy Literally lost everything. And then 20 years later, which would have been seven years ago, again, here we go. They're going down. This time I was done. I'm like, no, this can't be. I am so done with this. Now, I literally lead people into major life-changing transformations within a few hours. (laughs) Because when you break it down, it's really not that hard. It gets really difficult when you don't know what to do of course you don't know what you don't know <laughs> if you don't know it's very difficult <laughs> it's uh, it's impossible to do what you don't yeah. know and, so let uh, me ask
0: you a little bit into into the depression a little bit if you don't mind me asking because it's like obviously fighting that you know what allowed you to come through that who helped you or what helped you i guess you know i should say and in what were those? What were those strategic things that helped you get out of that depression? Uh, because obviously, I know definitely with a lot of you know pivoting and a lot of business owners and a lot of you know people that are losing jobs. I mean, there's 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 a lot of a lot of things to be depressed about right now. Um, yeah. So I'd love to dive into that a little bit in your story, Ray.
1: So if I can, I would like to say what did not work as well. So I had a lot of friends and family just say, get over it, just, you know, suck it up and go get it, you know, go work and go out and do it. Let me be very clear in the midst of my depression, my cognitive thinking was very sharp. It wasn't that I did not know what to do. I was an electrical contractor, had my own business. I could have told you how to do every aspect of my job in the midst of my depression. Is the thing was, I would sleep and uh, 8, 10, 12 hours a day, wake up totally exhausted, overwhelmed, physically, mentally, emotionally spent. And I, I just couldn't go and do it. I, I knew what to do. I just couldn't do it. It was just an emotionally overwhelming. So yeah. what I do to help my clients overcome what they're dealing with is you have to change the meaning that you gave to the reason that you are where you are. So let me, uh, for me, it was my father left when I was four years old. The, my family, my relatives, my church had no clue how to cope with that, how to help us work through that. So I would tell people all my life, I'm abandoned, I'm rejected. Well, guess how I live my life? (laughs) And I'm an extrovert. So I live my life out loud like an abandoned reject. So every boss, every pastor, every leader, anybody in authority that I came in contact with, I knew they were going to reject me. What did I do? (laughs) I set up the scenarios subconsciously, they ended up rejecting me. So now how do I help people uh, work through depression? And and depression really comes from how do you think? Depression is not a disease. And I know people like to say it is a disease. It's not, it's a belief. So Mm -hmm. where do your beliefs come from? Your beliefs come from how you perceive something. The meaning that you give to anything becomes your belief. Mm -hmm. So I just say the cycle of is you have a thought and thoughts just pop in your head just randomly and so your thought if you don't take that thought captive it will become an idea so you you bounce that thought around it becomes that idea now if you don't take that idea and say wait a minute that's really not a good idea if you hold on to it it becomes a belief now your beliefs will become your actions your actions will become your lifestyle Guess what? Your lifestyle creates a whole new set of thoughts that become new ideas, that become new beliefs, that become new actions. So it's a, it's a vicious cycle that literally builds one thing on top of another. It's just like stacking pieces of paper on top of each other. It doesn't look like much. And you can stack papers for like 20 minutes and it doesn't look like you're really getting anywhere. Well, do that every day, all day for 20 years. You're gonna get a huge stack of paper. What's happening in your brain is all your beliefs and all your perceptions are literally built on each other. So I believed that I was rejected. I believed that I was abandoned. Well, guess what? My thoughts became my ideas, become my beliefs, become my actions, became my lifestyle. Well, I kept doing that year in, year out, year in and year out. Now, what do you do When you feel inadequate, either you run and hide in a corner or you try to do something to prove you're not inadequate. So if I keep doing what I've always done, how's that gonna prove to you that I am anybody? So what do I need to do? I need to do something bigger, greater, more grandiose. Well, I don't know how to do that, but I need to because I want you to approve of me. So guess what I end up doing? I go out and do something that I'm not qualified to do. And I come up short. Here's my goal. And I reach for the goal, phew, I failed. Guess what that? Added another piece of paper to the stack. I'm a failure. Wow, man, I gotta go out and I gotta reach up and get that goal. And I come up short again. It's like, oh man. But every time I come up short, I'm adding another piece of paper to the stack that says, Ray, you reject it, you're abandoned, you're worthless, you're never gonna make it. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: All of them thoughts become compiled and that's how I start living my life. To the point, my second time around is I'm done. This ain't working. I actually got to the belief as a devout Christian I got to the belief that God was laughing at me. Why? Because one thing added to another, one piece of paper stacked on top of another until I had this pile so high I couldn't see around it. Living, why live? I mean, if God himself is laughing at me, why even go on? So what what would I say to somebody who has depression? It's literally one thing, one step. You, You don't jump over mountains. Depression is a huge mountain. You simply take one thing, take it one step. You really got to, and here's the key. It's the five steps. You got to stop. What are you thinking? Why are you thinking that? Is it true? What's the truth? Let me say it again. And this is so critical because you have 40 thoughts a minute. That could be 70,000 thoughts a day and about 50 percent of what you're thinking is the same thing you were struggling with yesterday so you ever get stuck in the mud or the snow in your car what's the first thing you do you step on the gas right yep, yep. and that don't work what do you do throw it in reverse step on the gas what do you do when you get stuck mentally emotionally you step on the wow. gas
0: Wow, try to think,
1: what are you thinking? What am I thinking about? And try to out think and try to come up with another scenario and try to twist it and turn it, and come up with a different way. No, Here, here's the key, stop. What am I thinking? Why am I thinking that? Here's the key, right? Here's the key. Why am I thinking that? Now, if you really wanna take this deep and really wanna resolve this, is you have to write down on the paper, what am I thinking, why? And whatever the reason or whatever, I'm sorry, whatever the answer you come up with, the why am I thinking that is why am I thinking that? 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 Keep asking, why am I thinking that? And you'll get down to the root. Hmm. Now, when you get to the root of why am I thinking that? I could trace it back real quick myself is my dad left when I was four years old. Now I get down to the root. Now I got a choice. I can stay with the meaning. I'm abandoned. I'm rejected. Or I can change the meaning. Guess what? If I stay with the meaning I gave it, my brain is going to come back with the exact same scenario, reasoning, thinking, processing I've had all my life. I don't want that. I have to change the meaning to what it meant for my dad not to be in my home from four years on, four years old on. I had to change the meaning. The one I came up with is my dad was broken and empty. He could not give me what he did not have. <laughs> so now when I work with clients, I always give them a white coffee cup and a black marker. I have them write the people's names on the white cup so the people that hurt them. We put the cup in the bag. After they write the names on, we go out on the sidewalk and I have them throw the bag down on the <laughs> ground with the it. and it breaks. That's awesome. That's so awesome. We go back in. And I said, now take the pieces of the cup out of the bag. Now, realize those people, whose names you wrote on that cup are broken and empty. They Mm -hmm. cannot give you what they do not have. It's that simple. Wow, wow. So what are you doing? You're literally changing the meaning that you gave it.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Now, this is really critical for the absent and abusive fathers. You know, who grew up in a home with a perfect father?
0: Nobody
1: Nobody. raised their hand. (laughs) Right. (laughs) especially my children. (laughs) My, My children grew up with a very broken father. But here's the key. And this literally goes for anything that ever happened, no matter what happened. Now, let me just be honest. I cannot imagine some of the trauma that some people have been through, where people have been abused in very unthinkable ways. The truth is still the same if you do not go back and change the meaning you gave to that event particularly to mm-hmm. yourself who are you because that happened mm-hmm. if you're if you say i'm damaged goods i'm a nobody i'm forever you know whatever you meaning you give it that's what you're going to be the rest of your life
0: mm-hmm. and this wow well, might- well. Well, let's let's just stop there for a second because you're giving yeah. us a lot of good data, right? And, and and audience guys, I really hope you're grabbing a hold of a lot of this stuff because I want to continue. But I really have uh, just a few tip points that I really want to emphasize what you just said. And I think it's really, and I, want, I have a follow-up question. But I love what you said, Eric. It's an unconscious thing, right? It's unconscious where you know you're doing things, you're doing things, and you're self-sabotaging. I've known people that have a business and and they're you know they they, they get it up to you know nine hundred thousand. And then they, they, they can't get beyond a million because for whatever reason it's a subconscious thing, right? And what's 100%. what's incredible, what, what what you said, Ray, is diving into it because I think people see cycles in their life and they're like, Why am I hitting those same cycles? Right? I'm I'm rich, I'm poor, I'm rich, I'm poor, or whatever it may be, financially or maybe spiritually, or you know, sometimes working out, like you're fat and then you're skinny and fat, like, why are there cycles, right? There's no consistency sometimes. And what Ray's basically saying is you have to dive down into that say, why do i believe that why do i believe there's some sort of misalignment or uh, misbelief inside of you that something happened and you got to ask that and really dive into because then you're able to get into the subconscious yes. now i'm curious just on that point right there okay wh- how, did you come up with the answers right away or did it take numerous times like why do i believe you're sit down why do i believe that why do i believe why do i believe that and then all of a sudden you found an answer and then you got to leave you got to come back and then you do the same thing because maybe you get more answers right so i liked it because some some people they're going to go into the mindset like okay i'm going to do it once and then i don't find the answers <laughs> blah right so i'd love to get your kind of what what was your journey Did it happen right away or did it happen numerous times throughout your process it's a lifelong process there we you're, go
1: i don't think you're ever going to get them all the key is you want to get the major ones right away Because my life radically, radically changed. And and I have major breakthrough with my clients within a few hours. So I really like to do eight hour sessions or for a couple, if they really ultimately want to change their life quickly, we do a three day immersion where I'll literally stay in their home for three days. We started their kitchen table at eight in the morning. We're in session till six o'clock that night for three straight days and uh, so but what they really need to do is continue looking at the new things so their lives are radically radically changed in that in that sessions but they have to continue to look at anything that comes up so you got all the major things but if you don't keep looking at the little things then little ones become the majors because it's one piece of paper stacked on top of another so you gotta keep looking at them. It is a continual process. Again, it's once you hit them majors, your life's gonna radically change immediately. But it is just keep doing the same process. Keep doing the same thing.
0: Definitely. Definitely. Wow. Wow. And I really appreciate you. You know, you're really kind of, you know, stopping and emphasizing that point because I think that's, that's golden. Now, obviously you were just continue a little bit, obviously with, with your clients. So they come in, you have them, you know, right in uh, um, on that, um, that mug, boom, you break it. They're broken. They're pieces. Now continue with that. Cause I really love where you're going with that there.
1: Yeah. So is uh, so let me dive a little bit into what I call the mechanics of your emotions. And this is really, really critical to understand, especially for people that are Christian and uh, religious-based people, is they like to blame the devil for their problems. And he's not. He is a a problem, not the problem. So let me just explain a little bit what I mean. Is you really got to understand what I call your owner's manual. Is how does your body, your soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions, and your spirit work together and against each other. So the key is really in the emotional realm, because er, literally every event in your life is run through your emotional calculator. So did you ever have an event happen that really took you sideways? And or (laughs) let me just say it this way. You ever have an event happen and say, well, I don't really like that. That wasn't fun. But you're okay with it. But that exact same event happens by the exact same person when you're in a really bad mood and you lose your mind. What happened? It's the exact same thing, by the exact same person doing everything the same. One time you're like, okay with it. Next time you lose it. Right. What happened? Right. It was all emotional. Yeah. So here's what happens is your brain is literally doing a research of your whole life, every moment of every day to determine what does it believe is about to happen in the next moment based 100% on the meaning you gave to the last time or when it happened before. Mm-hmm. So here comes the event. Your brain's doing a research. What do I think is about to happen based on what I believe happened in the past? When it comes out with a conclusion, it says, oh, Ray, how do you feel right now? How do you feel about that person? Well, I'm in a bad mood. I don't really like them. And then I just lose it. Or, or the other way like, like, ah, I love them and I'm okay. But so what happens when I'm in a bad mood and I don't like what they're doing? My brain perceives a threat. When I perceive a threat, the neurochemicals, cortisol and adrenaline are released in my body in a nanosecond. So my brain does this research and determines how do I feel, releases the neurochemicals. This all happens at the speed of light. Now, what does cortisol and adrenaline do is the key. Adrenaline makes your heart race faster, dilates your pupils, dries up your saliva, and it's all about the stress response. It's gonna, I'm gonna fight or I'm gonna flight. But what does cortisol do? This is the tricky guy. Cortisol diminishes your cognitive processing ability, takes all your creativity and drops your brain's ability to process from 720 bits of data. To as low as 20 and at all that what is about to happen to the cortisol washing away your creative cognitive thinking all happens in a nanosecond mm-hmm. it's all designed to keep you safe now here's the key where did my brain go to get the information of what do i perceive is going to happen it went into my past primarily went into the core of my life and that is where we really got to tie in the father's blessing my brain at 60 years old at 80 years old 100 years old my brain will research my core of my life which is conception to 10 years old because <laughs> at the core my brain is in hyper simply meaning my brain's just sucking in tons of information it's not able to say Well, Ray, that's really not a good thing to think, or that's not the way you should believe it. No, it's just like, boom, 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 boom. This is what it means. I never stopped to think, what am I thinking? Why am I thinking that? Is it true? What's the truth? I never went back there and recategorized the meanings. Mm -hmm. Here I am, 60 years old, here comes the event. My brain does the research, primarily of my core, comes back with the conclusion of what do i believe the meaning of the event i perceive is about to happen and i react based on how i feel mm,
0: mm. <laughs> wow this is golden stuff because you're exactly right and it's all subconscious unless we dive into it on un- on un- enhance that and of course really you know uh, you know mix it up and in and, and re reestablish those neural pathways uh, yep. which is remarkable um, my gosh, my gosh, that, that's just incredible. Uh, guys, I hope you're really diving into this. Now, what were those five questions again? I love that when you put that on the, on the hand because I think that when, when people, that, that's something that allows you, it's kind of like a, a, a trigger, allows people to stop and say, wait a minute, where is this coming from? Right, whatever that uh-huh. may be. So what, what were those five questions again? Yeah,
1: is you have to stop. Number one,
0: stop. What am I mm-hmm.
1: thinking? Say to yourself, Ray, what are you thinking? Because if you don't, so you have 40 thoughts a minute. That's 70,000 yeah. thoughts a day. 50% of them are what you've been thinking yesterday you didn't resolve because you never stopped to think, what are you thinking? So Ray, yeah, I say, Ray, what are you thinking? Why? Why are you thinking that? Where'd that come from? Is it true? What is the truth? So if I okay. never stop myself to really unpack it, I'm just going to be racing off to the next thing looking for my next, pleasure my next high and if i never resolve what am i thinking why am i thinking that i'm going to look to sex drugs and rock and roll Mm -hmm. to find my pleasure my high i'm going to be always looking for that next pleasure if i never resolve why am i going sideways i'm going to look for something to bring the fulfillment I like to say, if I, am not, if I am not at peace, naked and alone, whatever I need to have peace is an idol, is a crutch, and I'll never be able to live without it. Now, I'm not saying I don't want anybody walking around naked. Please don't do that. <laughs> but if try this. Sit in a room in your bedroom, turn the lights off, completely naked and alone what races through your mind what is your what is your desires It becomes very real it becomes very very real uh what is your desires I you mean your, your mind will probably freak out for a little while but what do you need that other boat you need the house the car the motorcycle you know the extra job what is that but why are you not satisfied with what you have now i it is my desire that everybody should have more money than they need. And I think everybody should be doing well. and Nobody should be hungry. Nobody should be in poverty. But what is it that you need to bring you that fulfillment, that peace, that satisfaction? If you're not being fulfilled and satisfied where you are, you'll never be fulfilled and satisfied where you go. Because it'll never be enough. So when, when you're always looking for that more, you're never going to be able to fully engage in what you're doing to, for your life purpose, your life mission, because you're always looking for that side thing, that, that fulfillment, that sex, drugs, and rock and roll. You're always going to be trying to find an angle. How do I get my next Mm high? That is going to deter you from living your purpose and living your life. Well, that's
0: incredible. Because Just give me one second because I love what you said there because, you know, being intentional with your life and being present in the moment as well, uh, it's very powerful. And just like Ray, what you're saying is that it impacts every part of your life um, because what happens is, you know, neurologically, it's like, wow, this, you know, you, you get distracted. You're not able to just enjoy and be joyous during that time. So now tell me a little bit as well, like, because um, I, I think you dove into this a little bit, but I, I'd like for you to really dive into a little bit further for our audience. Um, so obviously, you know, this, this is making sense to a lot of people, right? How is because obviously you're a Christian-based man, and, and a lot of my audience is. Uh, but how is as God and and prayer and in spirituality impacted your journey? Uh, just tell us a little bit about that, if you don't mind. Just kind of you know talking a little bit about you know spirituality, you know God and and, and obviously sure. you know meditation or oh, yeah. prayer during that medi- uh, during that uh, journey.
1: Yeah, so I'm a uh, very avid of you know meditation and prayer, and my ultimate goal is to lead people into spiritual mastery. That's literally where you go into the spirit world with your spirit. Because we are, again, three things. We are a body, soul, and a spirit. And we can literally go into the spirit world with our spirit. And I don't really talk about that a lot in the basic levels. Because if we never master our emotions, an emotional low will pull you out of a spiritual high. A spiritual high cannot pull you out of an emotional low. So we really, really have to help people master their emotions it's called personal mastery. Personal mastery is I can control what goes in my mouth when I'm famished and I can what comes out of my mouth when I'm kicked in the corner. So if you look at what I call it, the Elijah syndrome, uh, Elijah goes up in Mount Carmel and calls down fire from heaven and eliminates 600 prophets of Baal. Well, so you can imagine it was three to five days from the time the messenger went from Mount Carmel to jezebel and got back so here's elijah he's on his massive spiritual high he's like rocking it and all of us you know not all of a sudden but here what happens after you have this really emotional high is you you start to come back down you come back down you come back down and you got to get this normal and if nothing really happens you kind of sink down a little low you can't live on them spiritual highs you you don't live there so here's elijah you know he's Three to five days later, he's kind of walking around, nothing to do. Oh, what's going on? Not much. All of a sudden, he gets his message Oh my gosh, Jezebel is going to kill me. Runs into the desert, says, Lord, curse the day I'm born. He pretty much said, Lord, kill me, take me home. But you notice what God did not do. God did not say, Come on, Elijah, you know, I got your back. Just get out, wash your face, and go back and do your job. Why? God couldn't. God could not change his mind. Elijah had to change his mind on his own. So Mm -hmm. the angel came to him to minister to him. The angel didn't say, come on, you know, dad's got your back. You know, this is all good. You're good. No, he couldn't. Because Elijah, like us, we have to deal with it, reconcile with our beliefs so that we can go back into the spiritual. Now, it is... There is nothing more powerful than being in the spirit realm. And we cannot be in the spirit realm when our mind is in chaos. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you want to unpack it a little bit back in the beginning, uh, if, he, if you read Genesis chapter two, it says he made them man and woman. They were naked and they were not ashamed. They didn't have they were not driven by emotions. He says they were not ashamed, which is a very powerful uh, emotion. So right in the next chapter, in chapter three, it says, God called out to Adam said, where are you? Adam said, I heard you walking in the garden, and I was afraid. So before the fall, they weren't driven, emotionally driven. After the fall, we are emotionally driven people. So now we need to deal with our emotions so we can enter into a spiritual realm where we're connected spiritually with the maker and with each other so we are literally connected spiritually to one another as well so for the biblical reference to that it says jesus knew the thoughts of the pharisees by his spirit now bringing this whole thing into when the emotions have us in turmoil we're not connecting in the spirit with anybody we are in our own head. If you ever hear people say, "Get out of your head,"
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: we are in our head. We are in thinking. What am I thinking? I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm trying to outthink. Like I got stuck in the mud. I step on the gas, and I'm trying to outthink what I'm thinking. <laughs> Where meditation, sound bath, um, you know, all that prayer, and all them things are really good to calm your mind. The problem is if you don't find a resolution to eliminate the junk, you're going to be constantly fighting to come back to calm your mind. We want to get to the place where you eliminate the garbage that's getting you emotions going sideways. Your emotions are nothing more than your beliefs about you and what happened. So, the reason that we need to keep coming now, prayer is important no matter where you are. When you're able to eliminate the junk in your mind, you're very quickly able to get into the spiritual realms where you are connecting with a higher power and connecting with other people. And you're going to have much more results that are going to come so much clearer. The the things that you're trying to figure out, your creativity, everything is going to be accelerated times 10. It's a a force multiplier is being able to be in the spirit. You can, I can't stress this enough. You cannot maintain in the spiritual if your emotions are going sideways. It's impossible. So when the emotions crash, the spirit crashes with it. So when you're in a spirit, you cannot be in a spiritual high and, and an emotional low. It's impossible. You got to deal with your emotions to stay into the spirit, to stay connected spiritually.
0: Wow. Well, wow. I love that analysis because like you were saying, I've never heard that ever said. But, you know, um, Adam was, um, you know, God was walking through, you know even and, and eden and, and obviously here i'm afraid right and that right there after the fall was you know emotions and just like you said you have to develop so let's you know, you're saying that so let's you know tell my audience ray how do you do that how do you control or how do you you know um, leverage your emotions properly so they don't get out of hand well what, what does that look like
1: five steps stop what am i thinking why is it true what's the truth you have to love do that love every it. day All the time, all the time, all the time. What am I thinking? Why am I thinking that? What am I thinking? Why am I thinking that? It's like everything that happens. Why am I thinking that? Why did I say that? Uh, So this guy just pulled out in front of me. I was slid sideways, wrecked my car. And I'm mad at the guy. Why am I mad at the guy? Uh, Why am I mad? Do I have to be mad? No, I don't have to be mad. I just got to get creative so you can't be angry and curious at the same time so all that time i spent being angry at the guy that pulled out in front of me that caused me to wreck my car i can't be curious about how i'm going to resolve the problem so curiosity excels you anger deflates you or drives you into the ground so anger is not good and if you dive in i can't i'm not going to really go deep on this but epigenetics is your very thought processes affect the cellular, the cellular makeup of your body? If you have fear, dot, worry, anxiety, strife, it's literally attacking and degrade your immune system. So that worry, that. fear, anger, doubt, all that is bad, 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 bad. And people say, "Well, okay. I have the right to be angry." It's a righteous anger. I said, "If you have any idea what anger does to you." You'd yeah. never do it. <laughs> it is devastating yeah. not only yeah. mentally, emotionally, but for your future, but it's also devastating for your body and your cellular yeah. makeup. It's it's incredible what anger is the worst thing you could ever do for yourself. It's Definitely major, majorly destructive.
0: Well, that's one of the things, you know, I've learned a little bit from um uh you know Joe Dispenzo is just like you he talks about epigenetics all the time. And you know, oh, obviously that you know if, if you want to watch some of his content, obviously Ray, you know, you're you're very knowledgeable. But also Joe Dispenso, you can look at his his content on YouTube as well. And uh but the biggest thing is just like you were saying, it it works in the cellular level. And once you understand that, uh it, it becomes very revolutionary. You realize, oh my gracious, you gotta be very, very cognizant. And like you said, I also find this very interesting because I understand you know focus as well. Focus, you know, you don't you don't multitask, uh, you focus on on a few things, gets you in in high high gear, uh, and allows you to get in, in into I think it's what they call flow, and then what increases that that the creativity and your productivity and everything like that, and just like what you were saying coming back over to here, Ray is well shoot. Your, your lack of creativity goes down by like, you know, 80%, if you don't implement what you're saying, you know, and so if you do what both of these things, man, you're, you're walking around dumb as the doornail, right? And so most people <laughs> are because, <laughs> because people you're, are not implementing, right? <laughs> you're right. You're dead on And I highly so, recommend Joe Dispenza. He is
1: incredible, uh, powerful, incredible information.
0: Definitely, definitely, 100%. So let's dive into, okay, because, uh, you know, you're, you're leveraging all this content, which is beautiful. And I love, I really appreciate you diving into spiritual realm and, and prayer and how that all fits together in God as well. And so obviously, you, your focus is on, you know, uh, fathers, right? And, and just to share with you a real experience, you know, I, I was actually talking to someone, I, I'm a, um, uh, I actually volunteered at a place. It was a whole bunch of kids and they were from broken homes and they were in the foster system and stuff like that. So we were just loving on them. And the thing was, is it was a Christian camp and we wanted to go in there and give them, you know, fatherly love and talk about God and talk about the father. But what we realized is some of these men, some of these boys, had a negative father, so they have a negative connotation to Uh fatherhood and and those relationships. So it was was very interesting because that was the first time I ever experienced that. But coming back to obviously, you know, your relationship with your father at four years old and obviously so many other individuals. And now we're starting to see that the impact that you know, fatherless homes are having uh, on on kids, on grandkids, on all sorts of stuff, and it becomes an exponential devastation in our generation. Uh, but I'd love to talk about, like obviously, what do you see right now in the devastation in the home, but also where do you see? Do you see God working in the in, in larger picture, and, and what does that look like, and obviously the impact that you're making uh, for each, each individual and, and each client that you're working with? So my...
1: My passion is to really help to heal the wounds of the absent and abusive father. I actually wrote a book, uh, Daddy Why Don't You Love Me? Uh, a Father's Blessing to a Son, a Father's Blessing to a Daughter, Healing the Wounds of the Absent abusive Fathers. But if, if you just need to do a simple internet search on the effects of absent fathers and it's staggering, uh, teen pregnancy, high school dropout, crime, drug use, staggering. And if you look at people uh, that are successful and you look behind the curtain they are so wounded and broken they are working day and night and their number one goal whether they want to admit it or not is daddy am I doing it good enough and you know what you, you know who's suffering in their life is their children because they are working so hard to please their dad, even though their dad may be gone. So this is, is really uh, critical that we understand how to deal with these absent father wounds. And unfortunately, we don't really come to grips with this until we get into our 30s and 40s, to or some people anyway, to understand we really need to do something about this. We can't just keep going through our life and not, and unfortunately some people never come to that conclusion. So I hope that answers your question there.
0: It does. And I really appreciate you diving into that because see now tell me a little bit more about what you see in, in, in the Father. You know in the father movement if you will right there's lack thereof and obviously kind of maybe hitting an expectation of of men right Uh, i know there's a lot of women's rights and and that's fine right but i i I truly believe that it's 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 man and and woman right it's it's a a inner relationship and obviously that's how you build something incredible it's not man over woman or woman over man it is it is this inner relationship that allows us to grow at a very very high level um and you know obviously just talk a little bit about like what you see right now. We see those stats, and how can we help as men of business owners? And how do we make sure that we're intentional with our kids and instilling our values? Uh, we're very business entrepreneurs, but also making sure that we're we have quality time. And when we spend quality time, we're not sitting there on the uh, on the video games, but we're doing something that instills values and and ambition and motivation and consistency and habits and prayer and and things that are actually help the kid long-term. Tell us a little bit of what that looks like for each client that you work with.
1: Well, wow, I'm so glad you brought it up that way. Uh, how do, you know, as entrepreneurs, especially as entrepreneurs, is what is our driving force? Yeah, we want to provide for our families. We want our families to do well. But again, stop. What am I thinking? Why am I thinking that? What is the real driver behind it? I just met with a guy this morning because I'm starting a community action program to really get this father's blessing into the community. And he said, Oh, yeah, his dad would get up at four in the morning, go in and do whatever. And he came back and he's like, Oh, wow, dad's home. You know, I'm going to get some time. And then all of a sudden, here comes dad down the steps, you know, going off to another meeting, you know, to the house club, Lions club, whatever. But why was dad? Always looking to go out and do one other thing. Why are why, guys? Let's be honest. <laughs> what am I thinking? Stop, What am I thinking? what Why am I thinking that? Is why do I need to be involved in all these extracurricular activities? Oh, yeah, the Lions Club's a good thing. You know, going to this club or that club, support these or that. That's all good. even going to your church, being part of the staff, being whatever. But why? Are we looking for that one more thing? Why are we not spending that time with our children? This is so critical, because if you never ask yourself, why are you doing that? And again, so many successful business people built their business on the backs of their families. Their children and their wife are are suffering because, that guy's out there really trying to say, daddy, look at me. Am I doing good enough? Because nobody can see the time you're spending with your children. And sometimes, it, and I used to think, wow, I need to go out and do something else. I'm looking for my high. I'm looking for my fix. I call it sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Is I don't feel adequate. I went out, I made money. I've been I've been self-employed for 36 years. And so I'm out there you know, running this business, I started as an electrical contractor, became a sign builder, and now a transformation coach. And even though I'm you know, won some awards for building signs, I have major transformation breakthroughs in my clients in less than a couple of hours. If we're not careful, and we don't reconcile with our past, our successes in the business world are not going to be enough. So when my success is not enough, the money I'm making is not enough. What am I going to do? I'm not going to sit down with my kids, with my wife, because that's not fulfilling. I need something more. If I do not deal with my past and put it into perspective and bring God's perspective into what happened in my past, I'm always going to be looking for more to bring that satisfaction and it'll never be enough. So guys, business owners, business leaders, community leaders, if you're not secure, and if you're not fulfilled, naked and alone, no matter what you try to add, it's not gonna be enough.
0: Well, wow, I love how you tied that back into exactly what you were saying, you know forty minutes ago, right? and having that same same uh, same same situation. I love what you said there. and uh, you know and and let's talk a little bit more. so because you know, obviously Ray, you got a, a, a just tremendous amount of knowledge, right? and being able to obviously impact our our audience, which I really appreciate you you being on. So tell me, um where can they reach out to you? where can they get more resources? where can they have a conversation with you uh, and and obviously just your your, your information and your knowledge? Where, where can they reach out to you, Ray?
1: Yeah. So my website for my coaching is ILAP. Now it's I-L-A-P-N-O-W.com. And for all you guys who have never heard your father, our women who have never heard your father say, I bless you. I love you. I have a website that's just dedicated to the father's blessing. It is fathersblessing.info. That's wow. fathers. Blessing .dot you and also uh, you can go on Amazon and buy my book, The Father's Blessing. It's a it's Daddy, why don't you love me? Sharing a father's blessing to a son, and another book is exactly the same title, Sharing a Father's Blessing to a Daughter. And you can awesome. also awesome. follow me on Facebook. Is I, I pretty much post on Facebook almost every day. And that is rehearsed on Facebook.
0: That's perfect. And guys, those descriptions actually will be in the description below, and those links, so you guys can click on those. Obviously, I would recommend reaching out to Ray and having a conversation, talking to him, reading that book, and consuming his content. Because again, you know, he's very knowledgeable on what what that process looks like, and, and coming back to just tying everything together, you know, being intentional, right? Be uh, having those conversations, and and obviously, you know, putting a plan to spend more quality time, right? Uh, so many of us, like like Ray was saying, so many entrepreneurs that we, we go out there and build it and build it and build it and build it, and build it and spend our time because cause we want to have freedom for our family and our wife. But then during that whole process, we lose our family and friend, you know, wife. Right. And so the whole goal is to not do that. And you have to be intentional throughout that process. And, and Ray, it's just, it's just awesome to see even those that do have a father, right. Uh, it's not fatherless, but they just, the, the father's not present for whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, so many kids go to the wayside and drugs, like you said, or, uh, sex and rock and roll. And I love that, love that analogy. And so, you know, I really appreciate you, you being on and, and just sharing that value. Now, Ray, um, do you have any last words of wisdom before we uh, before let you go, bud?
1: So guys, no matter where you are, whatever you're at, whether you're making 20000 or a million dollars a year and you want to do more or be better or improve any relationships, you really got to look at how you look at yourself. You have to stop. What am I thinking? Why am I thinking that? Is it true? What's the truth? If you do not change the meaning to your past, your future, your past perceptions will always be your future projections until you go back and change the meaning you gave to it. It's really that simple.
0: Mike, drop. My guys, that is Ray Hurst. My gosh, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time being on here. And guys, that is Journey with Christian D. Evans, uh, your host. Until next time.